Good morning. Welcome to Stony Brook Church. My name is Pastor David, and on behalf of the church staff and Pastor Jennifer Casey and Pastor Bob Thomas, I welcome you to worship, whether you're here in person or online this day. Several announcements as we gather. You'll find an online bulletin and a chance to register your attendance and a place to share your prayer concerns and find ways to give financially on our website at stonybrook.church worship. If you're here with us in person, you're invited to use the Connect card that's located in your bulletin uh, to register your attendance with us. And on the back of the Connect card, there are ministry opportunities for which you may sign up for. And you're invited to put that Connect card in the basket on your way out this day. As we begin our time together, I'd like to draw your attention to just a couple ministry opportunities. The first is that our new members class will begin next Saturday. It is a two-day class on, on Saturday, um, the 23rd and 30th of October from 10 until noon. If you're not yet a member of the church and would like to learn more about the ministries here at Stony Brook or what it is to be a United Methodist, you're invited to be a part of that, um, that class. You can sign up at stonybrook.church growth or by calling the church office and child care is available uh, for those who need it. Also during the month of October, a special mission opportunity will be collecting at uh, Socktober, collecting new socks and underwear. We're placing them in the laundry basket and you can drop them off um, at the church if you're not with us in worship. I'll uh, be collecting that through the end of October and new socks and underwear will be benefiting the um, the Star House Drop-In Center for Homeless Youth, ages 14 to 24, in Central Ohio, and also our mission partner, Grin, Gehanna Residents in Need. So we invite you to that opportunity. You'll find many more announcements online or in, in your church bulletin. Let's now turn our hearts to worship as the prelude helps to center us this day.
Please rise either in body or in spirit and join me in the call to worship this morning. Oh God, we come this day to celebrate the children and youth among and around us. Thank you, God, for blessing us. We thank you, God, for creating children and youth in your image. Thank you, God, for blessing us. Help us, God, to honor all children and youth and to raise them according to your goodness. Thank you, God, for blessing us. Kingdom after a 20-month hiatus. We look forward to welcoming you this morning.
Thank you so much for sharing your gift of music with us this day. Let us welcome them again. As we enter our prayer time this day, we are mindful of the many prayer concerns that, that we bring with us this day. There'll be a time of silent prayer um, during our prayer time that I invite you to raise those concerns to God silently in your hearts. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, in a few moments, we will pray, Thy kingdom come, and we want it to be how we picture it, everything perfect and pure and in its place. Silence when we want silence, order when we want order. Yet we also hear you say, whoever is not like a child will never see the kingdom. And we wonder whether you've really thought this through. <laughs> A kingdom where everyone can't seem to sit still. A kingdom where no floor ever gets quite clean. Or every table has streaks from markers, paint, and glue. A kingdom where we are all dependent. Oh God, it sounds like a noisy, joyful, messy place. Not at all what we picture but that is your kingdom. Is that the kingdom you have in mind when we say, thy kingdom come? Help us, O oh God, to remember that even here, even now, the last shall be first. The lowest shall be raised up, and by some miracle, we are called to be part and included in that kingdom. Oh God, let us first care for the children who are with us, the children who share this world. Oh God, help us to know that when we neglect them, we neglect your kingdom. When we allow them to suffer, we let suffering into your kingdom. When we love them and care for them, then and only then, thy kingdom come. Oh God, hear our prayers this day. As we raise those concerns in silence, especially those prayers that lie heaviest upon our hearts and minds, hear our prayers in silence, oh God, this day. Oh God, we thank you that you are a God who knows our needs, who hears our prayers, sometimes before we have the courage even to place them upon our lips. And now, oh God, listen as we are bold to join our hearts and voices together, practicing the unity that you would have, praying together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hello, church. Our scripture lesson today comes from the book of Mark, chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them, and the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, 
Let the little, little children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. The word of God for all God's children. Let us pray. Thou who art over us, thou who art one of us, thou who simply art, give each of us a pure heart that we may see thee, a humble heart that we may hear thee, a heart of love that we may serve thee, and most of all, a heart of faith that we may always abide in thee. This is our hope. This is our prayer this day. Amen. Amen. Joe Frost, a child development expert at the University of Texas, explains why tree climbing, a childlike behavior, is so much fun. He writes, Climbing provides superb vestibular stimulation which helps balance and coordination this activity, in turn, creates new connections in the prefrontal cortex that enhance executive function. A more obvious benefit is a significant increase in muscular fitness. Can you imagine it in your mind? <laughs> doesn't, doesn't that sound like tree climbing? It doesn't sound like much fun. <laughs> In turn, Weston, a nine-year-old, explains the joy of tree climbing. Imagine this in your mind. I like shorter trees because they're easier. Look for the branch closest to the ground, grab it, and use your feet and legs to work your way up the trunk and up the branch. You'll repeat this step until you get higher and higher. Make sure that the branches are strong enough to hold your weight by tugging on them first. And after you get pretty high, it's fun to sit down and to look around. 
When climbing down, try to choose the same branches as before and hold on tight. (laughs) You see, both Joe and Weston are describing the same adventure. One observes and makes judgments while the other is actually participating and experiencing tree climbing. There is a difference. (laughs) When have we last taken the time to climb a tree? Oh, to be that young again with no agenda, no pressures or responsibility, no fear, to have an unbridled sense of what is possible in this world. Too often we find ourselves observing and making judgments versus participating and actually experiencing. We do this in our lives, and we do this with our faith as well. Do you suppose that we as adults are just too grown up? (laughs) That we take life too seriously, working hard and calculating every decision, trying to make the best use of our time and our resources? And who can blame us? We don't like surprises. (laughs) We are often driven by our own success and productivity. We experience life's ups and life's downs. We have too many important tasks to complete and and goals to achieve to strive to be responsible human beings. We don't have time to climb trees. We don't have time to waste. But then we hear Jesus say, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, will never enter it. Great, what does that mean? (laughs) Just what is Jesus trying to teach and share with his disciples? You see, the disciples had, had still been jockeying for power and position. They were becoming anxious as Jesus was talking with them about their responsibilities in this coming kingdom. They were worried about who was going to be sitting at the right and left while Jesus was trying to teach them that they needed to be, should have been more interested with those who are in the back of the line or in the back of the bus or those who are serving on the front lines than with those sitting around in the boardroom or even the upper room making decisions. You see, there was something in their attempt to follow Jesus that, that the disciples just were missing or weren't, weren't getting. And maybe their enthusiasm had begun to, begun to wane. Perhaps they had lost their initial drive and sense of wonder that they had had when, when Jesus first invited and asked them to follow. Maybe that, that child within them had, had gone into hiding, that they somehow were reluctant to allow that side of themselves to surface. Their, their pursuit of power and position had taken a lot of time and energy, and it caused them to lose touch with what was going on in and around them. It caused them to lose sight of of the bigger picture that Jesus was trying to show them. That vision of the kingdom that Jesus had, had created for them in their mind's eye. They had lost sight of what was possible, relying only upon their own efforts and their own resources. Just what was Jesus trying to teach them. There was something in the pursuit of God that they were missing. And friends, there is something that we might be missing 
as well. It's so easy just to sit back and to observe, to sit back and, and critique and, and, and not risk experiencing and participating. Let's relate this back to the text. When we think of Jesus' instructions about receiving the kingdom of God, receiving the kingdom of God like a child, what, what do we think of? What first comes to our mind? Is it, is it that cute, irresistible, smiling child that we imagine Jesus taking into his arms and, and placing in their midst? Or maybe the image of a, of a child or grandchild comes to mind, an image from our own experience of holding a child in our own arms. Or perhaps we can even imagine a child who has grown up in an orphanage halfway around the world, or a child living in poverty right in our backyard. Regardless of the image that comes to mind, a child for Jesus was utterly dependent on someone else. Think of that loving relationship between a child and their parent and all that relationship provides. Think of a child who is, who is willing to be vulnerable both with their thoughts and their feelings. I believe that this is partly what Jesus was talking about. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Are we willing to give up jockeying for power and position? Are we willing to give up our, our desperate need to solely depend upon our own efforts and resources instead of trusting in God? Are we ready to be just a little bit vulnerable so that God can work in and through us. Now Jesus' use of that child image also says something about the potential that God has placed in, the, in his disciples and in us. A child is capable of growth and maturity, one that has the unlimited potential to love and surrounded by adequate resources and a nurturing environment. Children will never stop growing, never stop asking questions, and we'll never stop trying to answer them. Where along the way have we stopped growing? Where have we failed to commit and invest ourselves? Where have we allowed ourselves, why have we allowed ourselves at some point to believe that it's okay to quit asking, to stop asking those difficult faith questions? I don't believe it's because we have arrived at the answers. <laughs> and in turn, why have we as followers of Christ not taken the opportunity to begin the, to speak the answers that we have found into the lives of others? Now, there, there are other, so many other kingdom responsibilities that this image of a child brings to us, and I've certainly not exhausted all of them, Maybe responsibilities as to how we are to share our resources, how we are to share our toys with others. Responsibilities as to how we are to care and relate with others, how we are to play together. <laughs> responsibilities as to how we are to risk and to try new things, how we are to climb trees and look out over the horizon. You see, in wanting this childlike disposition for his disciples, Jesus wanted to reach out reach out and accept people, people who were different from them. Jesus wanted 
his disciples to step over boundaries set up by their culture or even by the faith that they were inheriting. Jesus was trying to undo how they were taught to differentiate one person from another. And too often, directly or indirectly, by things that we do or we fail to do, we teach our children and children and the child within our midst that wrong and different are somehow synonymous. We learn this and we begin to believe it. And Jesus was teaching his disciples something much different. Jesus was teaching them that regardless of their, of their background or faith experience, regardless of their status or, or position, regardless of their material or intellectual resources, regardless of their ability to understand or to articulate the complexities of their faith, we all belong to God, that we are all God's children. And whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a, as a child will never enter it. And by using this image, God is not asking us to check our intelligence at the door. Jesus is asking us to use our reasoning, our intellect, our abilities, our God-given potential to grow closer to God. Now this day, as a congregation, we celebrate the many ways that Stony Brook values the care and the nurturing, the faith journey of our children and youth in our midst and even in the community. We give thanks for the countless opportunities that this congregation provides day in and day out. Let me begin by naming some of those for us and then Kristen and Jason have much more to share. But let me begin by naming our ELC, or the Stony Brook's Early Learning Center, under the leadership of Emily Abramic. Now, it was established in 1973, and we forget what goes on here sometimes every day. 201 students are enrolled, and they bring this place to life throughout the week. We are so thankful. Um, think about the... the the families that we are able to touch through this important ministry. And 4,600 students since 1973, that's something for us to celebrate and to give thanks. What a gift it is, not only to our church, but also to the Gehanna community, and we give thanks for that. Kristen, you have so much to celebrate with us as well. Yeah, thanks, Pastor David. Uh, I wanted to share with you just some of the things that we do through uh, children and family ministries here at Stony Brook. Uh, we minister in children's ministry uh, from newborns up until grade three, and we have Sunday school on Sunday mornings during the 9.30 and 11 o'clock services, and that Sunday school is volunteer run uh, with some staff support, so we thank you, body, family of Stony Brook, for helping us keep, keep uh, Christian education going here at Stony Brook. Um, another important thing that we offer is the opportunity for parents to participate in ministry um, for those that need child care. So we actually have a paid staff of five uh, part-time employees of Stony Brook that provide childcare on Wednesday evenings, Sunday evenings, and other uh, ministry opportunities so that 
parents are able to participate in ministry. Um, I can't tell you how appreciative I am of those five women and their talents and their gifts. Um, Vacation Bible School, a lot of you are a big part of that. That happens every June. And we had summer, what we call bridge events. And those were events that happened monthly or every few weeks after Vacation Bible School to kind of renew that relationship with the kids and families that came to uh, Vacation Bible School and and to celebrate together um, our friendship with God. And then we also have Lenten and Easter and Advent and Christmas special events. I'll talk about those a little bit more. We have a rejoicing program. Obviously, it hasn't been happening over COVID, but we hope to bring it back soon. This is a uh, class that happens after the ELC classes in the mornings or the afternoons, where it's movement, it's art, it's story time, and it's singing with preschoolers. And um, we get to do that with Miss Rachel Amadon uh, during the week here at Stony Brook. And then, of course, Kids of the Kingdom, which we saw this morning and celebrated with them. And then we also support United Methodist um, Children's Home Family Services. They're called the Family Services now. Um, we, we celebrate their, um, and work with their foster families and also their Bridges program, which is a really important program for kids that have aged out of the foster care system and need um, the support of their communities to continue learning life skills, getting a job, getting education, that sort of thing. Um, those are just some of the things that, that in, in ways that children are impacted and families are impacted here at at Stony Brook. Um, Children's ministry is perhaps the most specialized compartment of our church. Um, You need only to descend the stairs to our lower level of the church, or you can follow the trail of glitter, glue, and macaroni noodles to find Stony Brook Children's Ministry. The location, in fact, is right underneath our seats. It's not lost on me and many of you that there are 18 rooms underneath this floor right here dedicated to the teaching, nurturing, and development of children and youth, and it's within our actual foundation. In fact, the growth of little disciples is foundational to our Christianity and also to our Methodist tradition. Train up a child in the way he or she should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. Isaiah 54, verse 13. Our scripture today from the Gospel of Mark emphasizes for me that children are important to God. There's no question that God's attitude towards children is one that welcomes them and affirms their value. If you've ever had the experience of worshiping with children, you have surely seen the glimpse of the kingdom of God in action. I imagine you experience that today when you uh, 
worshiped with the kids of the kingdom. John Wesley was so deeply called to the ministry of children. In his book, Seven Things John Wesley Expected Us to Do for Kids, author Christopher Miles Ritter shares with us that John Wesley was especially passionate about the early Methodist society's attention to children's spiritual development and supporting parents in the process as well. This was an unusual concept in the time he lived. Wesley wrote to his fellow Methodists that unless adults poured into the lives of children, there would be no future for the church. And he was also clear that it was every Methodist preacher's responsibility to personally see to the ministry of children. No excuses, no, that's not my gift. Wesley even laid out what the minimum expectation for our ministry as it pertained to children. He wanted us to teach them intentionally, know them personally, pray for them intensely, mentor families meaningfully, challenge ourselves continually, shape our ministries appropriately, and to care for children and families practically. I thought these points would be an interesting way to share the way you, as the body of Christ here at Stony Brook, ministers to children. Please forgive me, mind you, not all, I, 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 there is such an exhaustive list of the ways that we do this here at Stony Brook. So I won't be able to maybe name them all or put them all up on the screen but they're all important. They work in concert with all other sort of ministries here at Stony Brook. It's sort of, I look at it as a tapestry. We teach them intentionally here at Stony Brook. We have Sunday school, Lent and Advent event special activities for kids, vacation Bible school as I mentioned before, a connection with the Early Learning Center with a rejoicing class, and of course, our Early Learning Center preschool Christmas camp and our choir, Kids of the Kingdom. We get to know them personally, and this was an interesting piece of the pandemic. And you all, we all got to learn how to Zoom, didn't we? And during that process, we took the opportunity with our kids to get to know them a little more personally. We're, we're sort of inviting, invited into their homes when we're on Zoom. We had talent shows weekly. We got to discover new talents of our kids. And we get to support them in their extracurricular activities. And we get to know them intimately, emotionally, through the ups and downs of their lives. We get to rejoice with them, and we also get to mourn with them. And so we provide kids who are grieving with a memory box where they can place things of their deceased loved one into a box that reminds them of that loved one, and then pull things out when they want to rejoice and remember that special person from their lives. We pray for them intensely. We have a prayer board downstairs, and we have all sorts of strings that looks like a spider web, 
And kids clip prayers onto there. We pull them off and we pray for their specific needs. We've had intergenerational prayer partners where we've asked elders in the congregation to team up with young people and to pray for them and get to know them and form relationships with them. It's so important that that intergenerational relationships happen. I also want to provide an opportunity for you today to be involved in ministry, your own personal ministry, through Stony Brook. I'm providing, as a gift to you, some, a book. It's called Anytime, Any Place, Any Prayer, a children's book that captures the true story of how you can talk to God. And I hope that you will take this as a gift. You will think of that child in your life who you could read this with and then have a conversation about it or maybe have some cookies and tea after you read this book or go play on the playground. Perhaps you have a grandchild or a niece or a nephew or a neighborhood child you're thinking about right now. The books are located in the back. I invite you to ministry in that way. We also mentor families meaningfully. Uh, We have marriage and family classes. Again, these are not necessarily part of the leadership that I'm, the, the, the children's ministry that I lead. But others of you have led marriage and family classes, Financial Peace University, Moms Group, Life Groups. These are all part of families being able to network together, both in peer groups and intergenerationally, to be encouraged and edified as they go about raising their families. And we shape, our, we shape our ministries appropriately. One of the most important pillars of children and youth ministries is keeping our kids safe, keeping our youth safe, keeping our vulnerable adults safe. So we have a safe sanctuary policy that we train all our volunteers who work with kids, youth, and vulnerable adults so they can learn how to keep our kids safe and also protect themselves as well in the process. We have a child check-in downstairs where kids all get labels with pictures on it so we know that the kid that was dropped off goes with the same grown-up when they leave here at Stony Brook. Um, Special needs, mental health needs, we're constantly in training in those opportunities so we can be prepared to address those needs as they arise. We also care for children and families practically. I think that Stony Brook is probably the most amazing church in our community and, and greater Columbus in caring for children and families practically. So many things that I can't even mention today, but There's the summer lunch program, our snack packs that go to children at Goshen Elementary so they can eat um, and be nourished throughout the weekend. Again, working with UMCH family services, helping Haitian angels, helping an orphanage in Haiti. Grin, Socktober is this month. You can help keep kids warm by bringing in a pair of socks and donating those. Um, We also had, last night, the Pumpkin Trail, 
We had over 400 children and adults that came to our campus last night, and they got to be with one another and learn about um, some interesting animals. Some of you may love, some of you may not love so much. <laughs> but snakes and bats and tarantulas and possums we got to learn about and how God created them and, and how they are all part of our, our world and our environment. And then they got to trick or treat with their families and with their friends along a glowing trail of jack-o'-lanterns. And I thank you all who donated candy, who donated carved pumpkins, who participated in passing out candy or setting up or tearing down. It's truly a beautiful thing to see um, Stony Brook at work in these practical ways. And challenging ourselves continually. So I ask you, along with I ask, asking myself, for ministry to children with Stony Brook, what's next? What are we going to do next? What, what are some of the needs out in our community, in our church, that we haven't addressed yet, that we could do so, and we could spread the love of Jesus and let children and families know that they were created by God, that God loves them, and that God wants to be their friend forever. So I, I ask you, will you please look at these questions up here. Do you know a child or youth who's ready? They're already on their tiptoes, maybe looking over at you and saying, teach me, friend. Spend time with me, friend. Will you also be able to help someone discern their call or their voice? that they may be hearing from God. A child who's difficult to reach or a child who needs an advocate. I encourage you to, to look for those kids and ask God to help you see those kids in your life. And I thank you for being part of children's ministry. Everybody who offers a small piece of that creates a really large impact in the name of God. So thank you. Thank you, Kristen, so much to celebrate. Jason. Yes. Um, so as we, as we look at the, the scripture from today, I think one of the important takeaways is where it talks about parents bringing their children to Jesus to be blessed. Um, and it teaches us that our responsibility as parents is to bring our kids to Jesus and introduce them to Jesus and church at a young age so that as they grow, they learn and they mature in their faith to become strong disciples of Jesus. Um, I would say I have a pretty unique situation in the world of youth ministry where I was a child of this church and then grew up and am now the director of youth ministries. It's, uh, it's pretty rare that you would see somebody grow up in a church, in a church this size at least, to grow up and then become staff on that church. Uh, Sony Brook is blessed that we have three people uh, myself, Garrett Keener, our Director of Contemporary Worship for the 11 o'clock service, Emily Keener, our uh, Missions and Outreach Director. We were all kids and, and youth in this church, and um, just from the leadership and, and the guidance of people in this church, we are now on staff serving this community. Um, and it all started, at least for me, from my parents bringing me to church and to Sunday school. I'm sure there are times when it was not easy when I was a little kid. And I look back on the things that I did, and I think, why was I this way? And why did I do the things that I did? 
Um, in fact, I was looking through some old pictures that I found here, and um, I found a picture from 1992. It was during vacation Bible school, and you'll see that the theme was Bible time, so everybody had robes, and they were dressed up. And uh, the kids and the teacher, they're all paying attention to whatever's going on up front, but there is one goofy-looking kid sticking his tongue out at the camera, making a scene, and friends, that is me. <laughs> Eight-year-old me making a scene, causing some trouble, and I'm going to say that is, is probably because I was sitting next to my friend Sam Weisbrod. Uh, he was our pastor's son at the time, and as we know, pastor's kids, sometimes they can be uh, not a great influence. Not always. Not always. They're, they're good pastor's kids. So I want parents to, to take some comfort. If you, if you have a kid that was like this, most of the time they'll, they'll turn out okay. Um, <clears throat> so... My, my journey started with, with my parents bringing me to Sunday school. And as I got older, I got more excited about coming to church and youth group uh, because I knew my friends would be there. I knew that we would have fun activities, we would have fun trips, we would have food, uh, and my friends, we would get to hang out and, and have fun. Uh, learning about Jesus, learning about the Bible was fine, but it wasn't the main reason for me to be there. And it wasn't until my sophomore year of high school, I went on a chrysalis weekend. It's a, it's a three-day retreat for high school students. And at that point, I was questioning, I was trying to figure out things. And that weekend, I experienced uh, the holy presence of God. And I learned about leadership, and I learned about the importance of faith and study, Christian action, uh, making friends, being a friend, bringing friends to Christ. Um, ASP, the Appalachia Service Project, that was another activity I was involved in um, since I was a freshman in high school that taught me the importance and value of serving others. We would go to places that are far outside our comfort zones, uh, and we would help other people who didn't have the means to keep their homes warm, safe, or dry. I had amazing youth directors, uh, adult volunteers through the, the youth program that would pour into our lives. They would show how much they cared about us, uh, not only that we were learning about Jesus, but also that we were getting through difficult times okay. And all of these experiences, all these people that shaped me into who I am and where I am now, that was all done because Jesus taught the importance of bringing the young children to him. So my job now is to make sure that the young people of this church come to Jesus. They realize the blessings that he has poured out into their lives. I myself am a product of that blessing, and as a disciple of Jesus, it's, it's my responsibility to pass that blessing on to others. So I want to offer experience where our students are welcome. They feel comfortable in this place. They have some fun. We have some fun every now and then. And, and they learn that Jesus loves them and that he is always there for them. Now, we, we, um, we see a trend every now and then that as students go off to college or off into their lives, they may not always be as involved in church uh, because they're on their own for the first time. They don't feel obligated to go to church. But I want to build a strong foundational faith for our youth that when they go out on their own, they have a connection with church whether that's Stony Brook or it's wherever they're living at the time, I want to make sure that they have a connection to this church and can serve. 
So we have several programs that we do. Um, our bridge program, which is fourth through sixth graders, we are bridging that gap from the children's ministry into the youth ministry. So fourth through sixth grade, and then our Stony Brook Youth SBY, seventh through 12th graders. We have Sunday school at 9.30. Um, today, we have several of our youth up front here that uh, normally would be in Sunday school, but um, the importance of being in church also. We have our Sunday afternoon program from four to six, where we play games, we do worship, uh, we have uh, a Bible lesson, and small group times where we can connect with our students. They do journals, and people will pray for them. Um, and we are doing service projects. Every other month, we will do a service project during our youth group time uh, where we can learn the importance of serving others uh, as disciples of Jesus. That is one of the important things that we do. Uh, ASP, the Appalachia Service Project, is a big uh, summer trip that we do every year. We just did 45 years of service with ASP, uh, and we are continuing that next summer. We are opening up to uh, middle school and high schoolers, so 7th through 12th graders. Um, we can get some more people involved. That's a new thing that ASP has started in the last couple years, so we will get involved with that. And then in January, we're going to start confirmation again. Um, we had to take a couple years off just through some logistics. And um, we're going to get that going again so that our kids can be confirmed in this church, become full members, and learn about all the blessings that the church has to offer. So through all of these programs, everything that we do, my hope is that we connect with the students of our church and help build their foundational faith so that they can become disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of this world. Thank you, Jason. Jesus uses this image of the child to say something about our potential that God has placed within us, uh, each one of us, one who is capable of growth and maturity, one who has the unlimited capacity to care and love for others, you know, and when surrounded by adequate resources and surrounded by a nurturing environment, we will never, ever stop growing, and God places that within us and, and encourages us to share that with others. Let us show our appreciation for the leadership of Kristen, Kristen and Jason in this church. Thank you. We have so much, so much to celebrate. Thank you. Thank you. As we enter our time of offering this morning, please know that we've provided several opportunities to receive your weekly offering, including dropping your financial gift in one of the baskets on your way in or out of this worship space, by mailing your contribution to the church office, or by giving online. And as we move into our stewardship season, we're invited to go all in here at Stony Brook. We're invited to celebrate the many ways that we are invited inspired, involved, included, invested, intentional, and in tune. And I invite you now to be inspired by this witness. I'm inspired by many things at Stony Brook. I would say the first would have to be music. There are so many ways, heartwarming ways, that music touches people, maybe in ways other people and other things don't. So just to be able to be part of the pandemic singers this summer and then the pandemic choir this fall, uh, it's quite a camaraderie too. So we just feel very blessed to be able to share God's word through music. Wednesday morning Bible study is always fun. 
just to be able to be together as a group and to study God's word. The lectionary is used, the whatever the pastor is speaking on Sunday, that's the scripture we study. And oh my goodness, there's so much talk around that as we talk and laugh and share and get new insights on scripture. So it's, it's very rewarding for that. It's inspiring and heartwarming to be part of United Methodist Women. And that's a group that raises money for uh, children and women. One thing that our dear friend Nancy Carlton had suggested was making knots of love blankets. And those are given to um, maybe through Amcor or just other places that uh, give them to people and children who have lost everything and maybe a natural disaster. So right now we're giving them to my very own blanket, which is a nonprofit in Westerville, and that goes to foster children. So another uh, very important ministry that uh, United Methodist Women is involved in is our national ministry in New Mexico, uh, McCurdy. And we have sub we've been privileged two years to be able to go and support them. Uh, it's a very old place, it's over 100 years old, and to be able to help them upgrade, be able to share in any way possible. Being part of the care team is very inspiring. We reach out to shut-ins and others in their time of need, maybe through, um, well, always through prayer, uh, maybe through meals or calls, visits, taking communion. So just being able to connect with the people. There are just so many ways to connect with people at Stony Brook and to be inspired. We have so much to be thankful for. Thank you, uh, Barb, for participating in that video. Let us stand and sing our doxology together. to you all that is already yours, O God. Everything we possess is a gift from you. You so freely give us what we need, and you promise us even more. Take what we offer this day and use it for the goodness of your kingdom. Help us share generously with others all that you so graciously give to us. Amen.
And now may the love and grace which surpasses all of our understanding keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ. And may the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit be among us this day and remain with us forever. Amen.